Hola, hello, bienvenido, and welcome. My name is Annette Perel. I'm a proud Afro-Latina of Panamanian descent and a doula for over 17 years and mom of a son. I created this podcast to help connect people to other Black, Latino, and Indigenous people in the birth field. I also want my listeners to hear birth stories directly from the parents who experience them. Welcome to the Clear Birth Podcast. This is the reality. Mm -hmm. You know, you live in the United States. You think that because we spend all this money on maternity care that you're getting the best yes, care. Exactly. And I'm here to tell you that you're not. not yeah. Right. And yes. so I have to inform folks that you're you're not. Right. Yeah. And and if you're not feeling that you're being listened, you know, you're not, you're not being heard, then you need to go somewhere else. On today's show, we'll be speaking with Regina Concesal. She's been a doula for 20 years. We talk about when a husband doesn't get along with a doctor. She has a lot of great stories. I'm excited to share this interview with you. Welcome, Regina Concesal, to the show. It's so great to have you here. Thank you so very much, Annette, for having me. I'm so excited to talk with you tonight. I know it's like it's been a while since we've seen each other. Yes. Um, I think the last time we saw each other, I was speaking on a panel that you did. Yes. But before we started, you were telling us this story about your name. So tell us a lo the story of your name. Yeah. So my name is uh, Regina Maria Conceição. And uh, believe it or not, my mom wanted to name me Susie. She <laughs> immigrated here and she's like, that's a really cool name. And my dad's like, no. He's like, I really like Regina, right? And so, um, so Regina means queen mm -hmm. and um, Maria, Mary, Mother of God. And then Conceição, which is like Concepcion in Spanish, means conception. Yes. <laughs> so my name is really what I do. Exactly. So it's, it's all tied it's, in. It's all tied in. Um, so I, t I tell my dad, you know, thanks for, you know, telling that mom. Push. Yeah, yeah. For that push yeah. of Regina instead of Susie, because I do not look no. like a Susie. <laughs> my, my grandmother wanted to name me Bernadette. Because there are no saints named Annette. Oh. My oldest sister's name is Yvette. My middle sister's name is Paulette. And I was supposed to be Bernadette. Thank God my older sister was like, Annette, it has to be, has Annette, to be Annette because I'm not a Bernadette. Right. There's right. Just no way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So welcome. So I'll just start with um, what career did you want to do when you were in grade school, high school, and college? Hmm. So I can't remember, honestly, in grade school what I wanted what I wanted to be. But I do know when I was 12 years old, I do remember really getting into the Cosby show and really um, learning like, wait, what does Bill Cosby do? Like, what does Dr. Huxtable do? And I was like, I want to be an OBGYN. Yes. And so I really had that in my head to uh, go to college and go to medical school and become an OBGYN. Um, and especially it, it really, for me, became really um, solidified, I want to say, when I took a trip with my mom when I was 13 uh, back home. So mm -hmm. back home for me is uh, Cabo Verde, which is the west coast of, it's 10 islands off the west coast of Africa. Mm -hmm. And my mom took me for the very first time. And so, um, and I had an amazing time. I was there for six weeks. Um, and on my way back, I'll never forget, um, it was actually a very tragic story, honestly. Um, on our way back, uh, a young mom was in, was, ha was in labor and mm -hmm. she was, you know, laboring at home because 
home births are are common back home. Yeah. Um, and uh, unfortunately, there's a really bad fog. And so when there's really bad fog, and so she had a complicated situation. I didn't know what it was, mm-hmm. but they needed to fly her to the Capitol. Oh. And so the planes were grounded. Oh. Yeah. And so I was super excited waiting for the baby to be born and mom and they didn't make it. And so I remember coming back home like, this been very happy. But this was my yes. view of mm-hmm. like birth in mm-hmm. the United States. Um, and so I really came back like, I'm going to be an OBGYN. So I, I headed off to college and I started on that, on that path, but I just wasn't happy with, you know, taking like my, my, um, my bios and the chemistry classes. Like I didn't feel like my grades were good enough mm-hmm. and I definitely was at a crossroads mm-hmm. and I was like, man, I really want to help women have their babies. And so when I was in college, my, one of my professors was like, you know, Regina, you should really think about going into midwifery. Amazing. And so when she told me about that, I looked at her, I was like, that's so archaic. Like they don't really exist. Yeah. Like, you know, they don't do you that, don't do you know, because I had that Western view of midwifery. Yes. Right. And so, yeah. And so when, when I talked with her and I started taking, you know, these women's studies courses and learning about 80% of the world's population are born at the hands of midwives. I was just like, wait a minute. And yes. then learning about the philosophy, I was like, hmm, this is something I definitely really want to you know, look into. So then I just started, um, after that, I, you know, I, I was towards the end of my college career and I was like, well, I'm not going to go into nursing Mm -hmm. and I am going to look at becoming a doula. And so I did. So where did you hear about becoming a doula? It was really my research. This is back in so long ago, (laughs) 1999. Okay. (laughs) Right. I just did like a quick little Mm -hmm. search and about midwives and and I learned about doulas and I was like, this is what I want to do. And so I took a training and I remember, oh my goodness, I used to go to Fitchburg, Massachusetts because I'm, I was born and raised in Connecticut. Okay. And so in Fitchburg was, uh, so I used to drive. Every, every weekend for this midwifery, for not midwifery, for this uh, doula training for a year. Really? So there were no doula, there were no doula trainings in Connecticut. Not that I know of. Because I took mine in Brooklyn. Really? In 2002. Yeah. So not that I was. Who did you train with? I can't remember the first trainer, honestly. She was, she was from, Jersey. Mm-hmm. I do remember that, but I can't remember her name. What was the organization? It was with Dona. It was with Dona. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember. And then in 2004, I took, a, I took another training again with okay. Dona. Um, so I actually moved to New York in 2004. Okay. Um, and that was because of a, a job that I got um, working out of uh, Columbia University out of the School of Public Health. Mm-hmm. They had a Head Start program. And um, are you familiar with, health, with yes. Head Start? Right. Yes. So they had a Head Start program and then they had an early Head Start program. Mm-hmm. And so the Early Head Start program is looking, working with children from zero to three. Yeah. And so they saw that it was so beneficial. They're like, we want to get these babies in the womb. And so at that time, Early Head Start was giving money to work with pregnant women, pregnant people. Wow. And so they, you know, were looking to start this pregnancy component of this um of the early Head Start program. Mm-hmm. And so I came in and, um, and that they, the program had this money to train all the staff to become doulas. Amazing. Yes, it was amazing. Yeah. And so I used to, I, I had a caseload of women that I felt. So I was, I was in Washington Heights, mm-hmm. Washington Heights and in Harlem. 
I had a caseload of women that I used to follow. Um, and I used to, um, so, I, you know, I would do case management. Yes. And then also I used to do, I used to provide doula services um, to the clients that really um, didn't have anyone. Or if they did have someone, their partner couldn't take the time off, unfortunately. So I worked with a lot of immigrants, a lot of undocumented families. Yes. Um, and so uh, I, or if they had another child at home, so the partner would have to stay yeah. with the child. Mm-hmm. So then I would accompany, um, I would accom- accompany the mom. And so which hospitals were you going to back then? Ooh, the Allen Pavilion, okay. um, Columbia Presbyterian, mm-hmm. um, Harlem Hospital. Okay. Yeah. So actually pretty much the... The first part of my career was really focused on the um, Washington Heights yes. in Harlem. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I really got my community doula experience yeah. um, because I was working with a lot of pretty much marginalized communities, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so um, connecting them to resources, if they if, you know, they weren't on WIC, connecting them to those resources, connecting them to SNAP benefits, food stamps, um, to food pantries. Um, so I really, that's where I really learned about community doula work. Just, okay. It's really, it's really different. So you had said you had, you had taken a training, but then you took a second training. Mm-hmm. So Oh, the second trainer was with Deborah pascali Bonaro. That, that was my trainer, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so why did you feel the need to take a second training? Well, I didn't have to. It okay. was just that um, the program had the money to train. Training. And yeah. so Deborah was contracted to come in mm-hmm. and to train the staff. So basically, I was the assistant because I was okay. already a doula that yeah. they had already hired. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So I got to take the training a yeah. second time. So how did it vary for you the second time taking it with Deborah than the first time? Because Deborah is a whole different type of training. Yeah, no, it yeah. was so different. Yeah. It was so different. Um, and I just, you know, I just remember being like, this is nothing like the other yeah. trainer that I had. Like she was, she was amazing. I, I remember uh, one of, one of the women that I trained with, uh, we had met, I think a month or so after we had all started working and she was telling a birth story mm-hmm. and she said, um, she was like, you know, cause Deborah's a vibe, right? Mm-hmm. She, 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 is a vibe. she is a vibe. She, she comes in, <laughs> she has these long skirts, she has this soft spoken voice and, you know, by the end of the training, you're just like, you're swaying and kumbaya and you're like, I want to have eight kids in my living room with a midwife, you know, like that's, that's the mood. And so, and you know, it's, it's she always wears those long mm-hmm. skirts. Mm-hmm. So this doula was like, well, her first birth went in with a long skirt, like Deborah, And she said, she was just like, wait a minute. Like, the, no, I, this is so, I don't, this is not, because she was in a hospital, right. of course. She was like, I was so inappropriately dressed. <laughs> she was like, I was freezing. <laughs> it wasn't right. And I was like, yeah, yeah. But Deborah has you in that mood that you're like, oh, yeah, that's what I would wear to a birth. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what you would wear to a home birth, but not what right, you would not, wear to a hospital birth. Right, not to a hospital birth. birth. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so Deborah, like, she's amazing. And she actually connected me to the Metropolitan Doula Group. And oh, at okay. that time, it had started it was a yahoo group yes i remember that right and so i joined and then from there i just started to meet people um and then because of that you know that's where i found out about uh, cuz i had cause I, i've always lived in brooklyn when mm-hmm. once i moved 
um, to New York City. I lived in Brooklyn, and then I would commute to Washington Heights and work. Oh, wow. So yeah. Far it was an hour commute every day. Yeah. I was used to it, though. Um, <clears throat> but then when I left my job, um, because I had started my uh, A Passion for New Beginnings, my uh, doula company, um, in 2007, and when I took the plunge, really, 2009, to do this on my own, mm-hmm. I was doing private work, which yes. I loved, mm-hmm. but I, but I definitely I missed the community um, work that I did. Yeah. Um, Explain a little bit about What's the major difference between doing the community work versus doing private clients? Well, I, I will say community do community work is a lot harder. Yes, it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it was it was this population really needed the really needs the service, and yeah. they don't have. They don't have the access to it, right? Yeah. Um, the f- they don't have the funds to mm-hmm. pay for the service, right? And yeah. so for me, it was just like, you know, I believe all people should have doulas, right? Yes. And so it, regardless of your economic situation. Mm-hmm. And so I was doing private doula work and I was loving it, but I was just like, I know that there is a group of people that are not getting this service because they can't afford it. Yeah. And so I was really missing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it was because of the Yahoo group, you know, that I found out that Brooklyn was starting um, a community doula program. And I was like, oh, wait, what is this? Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I responded. And then f- that's where, you know, I, I work for, uh, I, I was a consultant for many years um, for a, com- a Brooklyn community doula program. And then in 2018, I became the coordinator. Okay. Right. And so uh, it's different. You know, I'm yeah. still doing, you know, I, you know, I'm still working with doulas, a group of doulas and uh, mentoring. Mm-hmm. Um, every once in a while, I definitely go to a birth because yeah. um, I have, I have clients that are repeat and they're like, I only want, I want you. you I don't exactly. want anyone don't want else. Anyone I'm like, else. oh no, but I'm the, yeah. the, I want you. And I still make the, the exception. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm actually fortunate that I could do that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's important because it, it, you know, it helps me stay in the, stay in the game. Yeah. Right. And really, um, see what our clients are going through, right? In in the, in the hospitals yeah. that they're giving birth in. Right. So, you know, cause now that I'm, pretty much focused in Brooklyn, but, mm-hmm. you know, they're giving birth at like Methodist, they're giving birth at um, Brookdale, um, Brooklyn Hospital, Kings County, yes. you know, all of these hospitals mm-hmm. and really getting a sense of how um, pregnant people are treated. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so, yeah. And so you also do a lot of advocacy work. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about how the two men together, right? Because as a doula, we do advocate for our our clients, but we advocate in different ways. But the advocacy work that you've done outside of your clients is it looks a lot different. And let's talk about that. Hmm. So I'm like thinking about what my advocacy is, you know, my advocacy really is, you know, working with clients um, and really giving them information informing them that they have choices. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the things I do when, when people reach out to me, um, first thing I ask is, are you happy? Are yes. you happy with where you're getting your care? Mm-hmm. And if they're like, eh, I'm like, Oh, it sounds like you're not too happy with where you're getting your care. And I always give homework. Yeah. It's like my favorite thing. I give homework. Um, and so I think that that's what my advocacy really yes. is looking at is really, um, empowering pregnant people to get the information mm-hmm. so that they can then make better decisions, right? Yes. So on where they're going to, you know, where they're going to get their care, where they're going to give birth, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then also my advocacy around, 
maternal mortality, it's it's something that I, I think all of us Haldulas yeah. really hold near and dear to our hearts because we don't want to see any mom and any pregnant person be um be a, you know a victim of, a yeah. victim of mm-hmm. that, right? And so for me, my advocacy really is um you know, telling people about like, listen, I yes. know you think like this is this is the reality. Mm-hmm. You know, you live in the United States. You think that, you know, because we spend all this money on maternity care that you're getting the best, best. care. Exactly. And I'm here to tell you that you're not. not. Yeah. Right. And yes. so I have to, you know, um, inform folks that you're you're not. Right. Yeah. And and if you're not feeling that you're being listened, you know, you're not you're not being heard, then you need to go somewhere else. Yeah. And I think that that's the biggest part that most women don't realize that they have a choice. Mm-hmm. They think, oh, my insurance says this is where I go and this is who takes my insurance. Mm-hmm. And so this is where I need to be. Or they're picking their hospital because it's close to their home. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. everyone goes there. Or the, or because they gave birth there. Yes. Right. Exactly. Right. And not understanding how, mm-hmm. you know, how detrimental that can be and that mm-hmm. or even understanding that, yeah, you might be able to have access to mid Wifery care, which mm-hmm. is which a lot of people don't know that they have, yes. right? Yes, right. right. So for the most part, when you give them homework, what is in their homework? Oh, so I. It's so funny because I have notes on my phone, and it's literally <laughs> I just copy and, and paste. send yes. over, right? Mm-hmm. I copy and paste. So first is first things first is I always give them the documentary, the business of being born. Okay, it's like I was like, this is old, but it's very relevant, yeah. and actually. The statistics are worse now, right? So I give them that. And then I actually give them Romper, Doula Diaries, which Mm -hmm. I think is a really good docuseries. It really is. Little eight-minute videos to see, like, what doula care looks like. Um, And I don't just push that because I was on the second episode. But I really think it's a really good – teaching tool, you know, for people to, you know, to see and get a a sense of what type of – birthday one, mm-hmm. right? And so I give them that and then I give uh, the birthing centers information. So mm-hmm. like the um, Brooklyn Birthing Center, now I'm giving the jazz. The jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, I give Park Slope Midwives and then I also give the New York City Home home Birth Midwives like link. Yes. And I give them that. And then next thing you know, they're like, I'm not happy with where I'm going <laughs> and I'm switching. And I'm like, really? <laughs> That's that's a great push. That's a great push. Let's talk about that second episode. Yes. Because I saw it. It was incredible. So tell the story. Right. So for... So the se- yeah. Yes. So it's so interesting because unfortunately they didn't allow the cameras into the hospital. Yes. Um, and that was very challenging. So I, I mean, um, the couple that I worked with, I love them. They're amazing. Um, they're so funny. And... Um, you know, we got to the hospital and she was about like two or three centimeters. You know, she was she was progressing. And then her doctor came in know, a couple of hours later and decided to check her. And then I remember seeing the amnio hook. Just like, what's she doing with the amnio hook? Yeah. Right. And I'm yes. like, is she going to say something? You know? Yes. And so mm-hmm. I, and, and, and the thing that's upsetting is it's also, this is a black doctor with a black family. So, you know, I'm yes. expecting you're going to communicate, but mm-hmm. just because... 
Not all yes. kinfolk are not exactly. all kinfolks are kinfolks, kinfolks, right? Yeah. So um, I remember seeing it, and her um, Minyal's husband uh, stepped outside, and he came back inside, and I'm like, Jamal, it looks like Doctor and So and So is going to be doing this, and he's like, Wait, what? And he's like, We didn't have this conversation. Mm-hmm. So you know, by this time, her hand was already up in there, and she was she literally broke her water, and it was like he, you know, after that, it was like not cool, and he told her off, you know, and yeah. he's like, Do not. Do do anything without us consenting, like you yes. know, and so that birth was, you know, it was it was really challenging mm-hmm. um, because after that, it definitely changed the tone, the dynamic, the dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, she definitely tried to like call security on the dad. Oh, yeah, um, and it was just causing a lot of stress. Um, mm-hmm. And it was me, dad, and and grandma mm-hmm. who were there. And then you know, as things were, and then she. She ended up getting an epidural later. No, she didn't get epidural, actually. She got statol. Mm. She decided to get statol. Um, and then towards the end, she was just so stressed just because cause she felt she felt the, the tension, tension, right? Definitely. So she basically kicked her mom and, 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 and her husband out and was like, only Regina's going to stay. And I'm like, wow. So I came in and then I, you know, I told her, I was just like, well, I get you closer to when, when it's time to push. Would you like for us to, you know, have your mom and your husband come in? And she's just like, yeah, okay. And so I remember, you know, sending them a message and be like, I'm going to get her. And then you guys just hang out in the waiting room. And then when we're ready, you'll come in. And so they were able to attend, you know, to see their, their, their granddaughter and their daughter be born. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it was, it was, a, it was a great experience to work with them. Um, you know, uh, how did I find them? Oh, I actually, they were a referral. Yeah. And then I just, I I met with them and it was great. It was a a really good fit. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about, you know, why, you know, in part you, you inform your, your clients about choice and also, you know, the business of being born. Mm -hmm. Do you give them any readings on the maternal mortality rate or do you discuss what the maternal mortality rate is amongst women of color? I definitely discuss the okay. maternal mortality rate, mm-hmm. among, you know, and I tell them, you know, in New York City, it was 12, it's down to eight, but the, the year that we just had, yes. I I mean, I, I see that number going up, right? Mm-hmm. So I definitely tell them, you know, what our rate is as a city. And then I tell them about nationally yeah. what the rate is for black women. Do you know the rate off the top of your head, what the rate is for currently? Well, it's eight. Eight, yeah. It is eight. Eight. So, so women of color mm-hmm. are eight times more likely to die giving childbirth within- in New York City in New York City within the first year of delivering their baby. Yeah. And part of the reason behind that is... I mean, there's a lot of reasons, right? Um, Yeah. So we're looking at uh, bias, discrimination. Um, We're looking at sometimes not being being listened to, right? Being ignored. Mm -hmm. Um, We're looking at sometimes... Comorbidities, unfortunately. Um, But a lot of it, you know, really, I feel like for New York City, it's like women are not being heard. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. And 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 informed consent, right? mm -hmm. Because part of what I feel that is not happening often, and you can tell me if that's your experience too, Mm -hmm. is that they're not being... They're not having conversations with their provider, mm-hmm. their OBGYNs mm-hmm. about their care. And mm-hmm. it's just, 
let's come into the office. We measure you, we weigh you, how are you feeling, blood pressure, mm-hmm. and then one hand is out the door before the other hand is like right out the vagina. Because well, they're right? not given that space. Yes, right. Exactly, they're not given that space to come in and sit and sit, have, have a that conversation. conversation. Yeah, right. because insurance regulates how many mm-hmm. patients they should have. Mm-hmm. I have a, a my, one of my best friends is an OBGYN and when she went into practice, she had to go into a co-practice, right? Because mm-hmm. she was like, the malpractice insurance alone is a million dollars. And she was just like, there's no way she could carry that load by no. herself. Mm-hmm. And and that kind of saddens me too, because mm-hmm. it does force this kind of high turnover, mm-hmm. n- not being listened to, not having the time because they have to see on average 40 patients a month or more. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you speak to your clients about that and then they switch, what is the... Oh, the, they're like, this is night and day. Yeah, ex- this is night and day. And I'm so glad that you gave us this information mm-hmm. because I was, you know, I, I was being rushed at my appointments and now I actually have time to, you know, my midwife is sitting with me and talking, you know, answering yeah. my questions and talking to me and I don't feel rushed and I don't feel dismissed. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of that feeling of being dismissed. Yeah. I find that, I find that too, that's the hardest thing to get across to people sometimes who are with OBs because mm-hmm. it's like, I've been with my OB for years mm-hmm. or my OB knows me. Mm-hmm. And inside I'm just like, no, your OB is, unless your OB is your childhood friend that you grew up with, right. they don't know you. No. And it's not the same level of care that you would get. And, mm-hmm. you know, being able to say like your midwife, is going to spend a half an hour to an hour just talking to you about your mm-hmm. care. Like they, they can't wrap their minds around right. that. Or what happens if I have to have a C-section? And I'm like, the same thing that would happen in a multiple practice, if right. your doctor might not be there, it might be someone else. Right. You know, but your midwife will be there. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, out of hospital, like, you know, for my first... I'll, I'll, I'll just go, go to, to the hospital. hospital. Yeah. I, you know, I want to say that with, um, the clients that, that were, uh, that was featured on Romper, they, she went to her postpartum visit uh-huh. and they fired her. Yes. She was like, she, she, she got another, another provider and she said, the next baby, we're going with a midwife. That is wonderful. Right? Right? Yeah. Right. But you know, I, I similarly had a, a situation like that with a client where the hospital, um, my client, was sent to the hospital for low fluids mm-hmm. and was sitting in the waiting room for hours, like five hours. Mm-hmm. And they were also moving into a larger apartment, luckily in the same building, but they were wow. moving. So her husband couldn't be with her. Mm-hmm. And her husband finally, after, after all that time called the, the doctor and like, lambasted them and he was a lawyer mm-hmm. and he was like if this was an emergency why has she been sitting there for five hours this mm-hmm. is clearly not, not an emergency. emergency let her go home mm-hmm. and as soon after that call they found her room mm-hmm. um, and then it was like we were going to be induced we we're going to induce you mm-hmm. and so he's like I'm in the process of moving mm-hmm. and having to figure that out and I was like I will come mm-hmm. and when I got there the environment was so contentious mm-hmm. with the um with the doctor and the husband mm-hmm. that the doctors refused to speak to him and was speaking to me and I just kept like mm-hmm. going right. but yeah no like you have to talk to mm-hmm. him and the mom was lying on the bed crying and I was just like I 
I talked to the doctor and I was like, listen, we, this, we have to figure something out. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, cause this, this is not okay. And the mom was so worried that she was going to have a C-section mm. and I never promise mm-hmm. that. But I promised her that she would not have a C-section. And I was just like, please. Please. (laughs) You know, everything was fine. Baby was fine. Baby was, um, you know, a little underweight, but the mom was small. And um, so, and I remember looking at the dad, the doctor came in and the doctor just was like, I'm not talking to you. those those exact words she said and walked out of the room. And I looked at him and I was like, you are a lawyer. Mm -hmm. You know how to speak to people. Mm -hmm. You know how to make this right. Mm -hmm. Go and speak to her. Mm -hmm. You have to make this right. Mm -hmm. I mean, she is clearly being unreasonable, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. because there's, there, there's no other way around it. Right. We are, unfortunately, we have no other choice because it would be a resident Mm -hmm. and they didn't want that option. So he did speak with her and, and did make it better. And it got a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Um, Thankfully, the mom had a vaginal birth. It was a long process because, you know, she also was very spiritual Mm. and her mother had passed not too long. Mm. And so we did a lot of work about like, you know, how our ancestors mm-hmm. are with us mm-hmm. and that she truly has to believe that her mother is there mm-hmm. helping this along as well. So right. we just have to block out the doctor yeah. and what's happening. And luck, you know, luckily it all worked out, but we know that these are the things that we're faced with when we go into the hospitals with our clients, mm-hmm. when there's not that conversation and that care, right? Because right. most of the times dads aren't even brought into the conversation or into the room for mm-hmm. the visits because they're so quick mm-hmm. and the doctor doesn't know them either. Mm-hmm. So once they change to midwifery and have that experience... What has been besides them, of course, loving you to death for helping them come to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how, how often do you have clients who then turn around and go back to OBs or do you, do they all just stay with, with mm-hmm. midwives? They stay with the midwives. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had anyone go back. <laughs> That that is great. Yeah. And so, when you were doing community work in the beginning in Washington Heights, mm-hmm. like, um, what are some of the changes that you've seen? Like now, there was it that have happened. Like, for example, I remember um, when I first started. Similarly, I worked I worked in Jamaica Queens in a lot of the hospitals out there because there was a woman who had gotten a grant um, to help mm-hmm. that community. I forgot the name. I think it was heart song or something like that. It was, and it was Jamaica Queens and also Brooklyn. Okay. And I remember that it was like Pitocin was just like the second they said the word Pitocin, mm-hmm. it was just like, we're going to have another C-section that baby, like, please let this be the baby right. that doesn't go into distress with Pitocin. Right. And now they turn Pitocin off because mm-hmm. they realize it metabolizes right. through the system. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it's like, okay, great. But the, the level, have you noticed a difference in the level of care or is it still pretty much the same? Do you feel with those providers that you were seeing early in your first years? Well, with- See, I haven't because I'm not in Washington Heights. I haven't. Yeah. Had- no, but even in Brooklyn, you like seeing the mm. seeing the same level of like. Yeah. Um. Definitely, at like certain hospitals mm-hmm. where inductions take longer. Yeah. 
which is always like, why is this taking three or four days? Yes. Right? Yes. It makes you question, like, Mm -hmm. whereas you go to other hospitals, like NYU, it's, you know, 24 hours. Exactly. Exactly. Going to, yeah. Yeah. Like a woodhole or something. It's three to, I mean, I remember doing a four day induction. I haven't done that in years, but I definitely. Knock on something because. Right. Right. <laughs> that's coming. That's coming for you now that no, you said no, it. No, 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 it, no, yes. no, 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 not taking that. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. You know the the inductions. Yeah, different. Yeah, very for different sure. now. Very different. Yeah, I remember too that you know there are times when as a doula, the you know, working with clients who, like you said, like clients mm-hmm. who couldn't afford my services that I was working with through the program mm-hmm. and their experience of not knowing what a doula was. And then afterwards and having that support, I, like I had a client, a, a mom one time who, regardless of what I was saying to her to tell her doctor, mm-hmm. he still cut an episiotomy, even though she was not consenting to it. And she was like, I was like, they're about to cut an episiotomy. Are you okay with that? Mm-hmm. And she was like, no. And she literally put her hand out like, no. And he cut her anyway. And she, afterwards, you know, going to the postpartum visits, I was just like, okay, how am I going to have to, you know, console her through mm-hmm. that whole mm-hmm. experience? And what she said to me, just solidified doula work. She was just like, you know, I was so grateful you were there. Like that, that didn't happen Mm -hmm. in her mind. She was able to like process it and deal with it and let it go Mm -hmm. because I was there. I was supporting her through that process. Mm -hmm. Um, So have you similarly had experiences like that? Oh man. I remember having an experience with a young couple and, uh, you know, she was in triage for whew, like 12 hours. Oh my gosh. Right. And then she finally gets a room. First of all, she's in triage and they weren't allowing, they weren't trying to allow her to walk, get up and walk. I'll never oh forget goodness. that. And, and the doctor comes in. It's like, tell them you want to get up to go to the bathroom. And it's like, oh, you, you can't do that because the, and she asked and like, cause the baby will fall out. And I was like, what? Like the baby, did you just say the baby's going to fall out? Like she's only five centimeters. Like how is the baby going to fall out? Right. And I was like, if you don't let this, this young lady move, like her mom is calling and you're, she's still in this triage. And if I, you know, she's going to come in and she's going to rip you, you know? And so finally, you know, she was given a room and things progressed pretty quickly. And she was getting, you know, getting ready to push. And all of a sudden all these residents come in no one doesn't introduce themselves and they're screaming at her to push. And then she just doesn't push, right? Cause she's just gathering, getting herself together. And I remember, and, and it, <laughs> I just remember telling her, are you okay? And sh- she was just like, yeah, Regina, I'm, you know, I'm going to push, but I just, I just need, I just need a moment. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and she's getting yelled at. And I turned around and I remember telling the doctor and everybody else, it's like, everybody shut up, right? Just shut up because when she's, when she's ready, she's going to start pushing, right? But I remember like the way that they handled her, like with the hand, you know, the Mm -hmm. hand, you know, and I just, I was so distraught, right? And, and I, and even, you know, she delivered the baby. She was great. And I remember going home crying because I felt like they mishandled her because yeah. of the way that they were touching her, the way they were doing that, you know, going exactly. in. You've seen that, yes. right? You've yeah. seen, um, 
I, what do I call it? Like it's the obstetric violence, yes. right? The abuse mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you see. Um, and I remember seeing that and being so upset. But you know, when I went home and I'm thinking, I'm going to have this conversation with her. And she's just like, it was great. Thank you so much. I didn't get my, I didn't, I, I had an unmedicated birth and I'm like, I, I went home, know. right? Yes. And I went home crying. Thank God I had my doula support to like yes. doula me through because I was like, I'm so over watching this obstetric violence and yelling and, you know, um, and that, and that listening to people. It was, yeah, but definitely yeah. were. But she, you know, she was, she was grateful that I was there and I was just like, all right, well. You know, this yeah. is her birth, not my birth. Exactly, exactly. But. So let's talk about you. You mentioned your your doula support. Mm. I have a, a huge tribe. Yes, and I'm so grateful for that tribe. And honestly, I didn't get the tribe though until ten years into yes. me too. my doula work. Me too. And I wish I had it sooner. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but it was different. There were different times. Right. Mm-hmm. We weren't. Even though we had Metro doula. I would, I remember going to a couple of Metro Jula meetings and there were like two people there, mm-hmm. including myself. And it was just like, where is everybody? everybody? We weren't really meeting in that way. Yeah. Yeah. For me, like I got my little doula tribe with my work at, at Columbia, at Columbia Head Start, um, because it was three doulas. We were mm-hmm. three. And so that was my little group. And then when I, um, started doing work in Brooklyn, I got the tribe with the community doula program. And so. Whew, I don't even know where I'd be right now, but I definitely feel like I wish I had it in the beginning because mm-hmm. of the burnout. Right? Yes. Definitely yes. went through the burnout. So speak about that. Speak about how, what, what the burnout is and what does that look like? Well, especially when you're working with, um, community clients, so you're dealing with a lot of issues, right? Yeah. Like housing insecurities, mm-hmm. food insecurities, mm-hmm. um, mental health. Um, it's a lot, right? Domestic violence, yeah. right? And so you're just trying to, to help the client as much as you can, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, and then sometimes you get clients that, that are constantly reaching out to you and calling you and texting you. And for me, I was just, I always felt that I had to respond. I had to respond, right? Yeah. And not, not Set um, boundaries. setting that boundary. Yeah. And then getting, you know, and then also going to the birth that took, you know, two and three days, yes. right? And then coming home, like, so exhausted. Like, um, you really feel like yes. you give birth, right? Exactly. Right. Only to turn around to have to go to another birth. Right. All um, over again. Yeah. yeah. And so, and even, like, processing um, birth experiences, right, mm-hmm. in different hospitals and having um, your your doula tribe to just to talk things through with yeah. you. Um if, you know, if, if a client is getting stuck and you're, you're doing all these things that, you know, you're, you're using everything in your, in your, your Arsenal. bag of tricks, mm-hmm. right? And then you're like forgetting. And then next thing you know, you have, you know, someone's like, well, have you tried this? Like, I actually didn't do that. Yeah, Thank exactly. you so much, you know? And so it's just like, it's just, and, or, or even just stepping out just to get that fresh air mm-hmm. and then coming back. Yeah. You know? And so, um, yeah, yeah my tribe. <laughs> I, I, I find that, that very important. The tribe is just, I mean, just someone who bears witness, like we bear witness for mm-hmm. our clients, but someone who bears witness for us, mm-hmm. right? Who's holding that space for us mm-hmm. to say, you got this. Mm-hmm. Or, yep, that's really fucked up what mm-hmm. just happened. Mm-hmm. And, you know, validating it for you. Mm-hmm. And then you're able to kind of step back in and and um 
be there for your clients. You also mentor, you mentioned that you mentored. Yeah. Yeah, So so. I definitely mentor a bunch of doulas, um, clients that have become doulas. That's really exciting. Um, (laughs) one of them is like, you're, you're my life doula, Regina. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, you know, I, I love working with, uh, newer doulas and really helping them navigate these doula streets. Yeah. Because right? it's rough out there. It is in the beginning. so it, rough. It really is. Right. And um, if I could help them, you know, and uh, avoid, you know, what you know, the mistakes that I made in the yeah. beginning, I'm definitely going to, you know, talk to them about the boundaries. Yeah. Right. Because um, that's super important about the self-care. Mm-hmm. Right. After the births, it's mm-hmm. like super important. Yeah. Because um, I didn't get that. Mm-hmm. I, that's one of the pieces that I didn't get no, in my training. There wasn't. There I, wasn't, I remember yeah. when I finished my training and looking for mentoring and they had one doula and dona mm-hmm. who was a mentor for the region. Oh, wow. And I was just like, how, how does that work? Yeah. That, that can't work. Like right. there's no way. And just, you know, luckily I was in a true partnership with another doula and we figured, figured it, out it out together. together. Yeah. And then, you know, the pitfalls that we went through. So are, is that also part of your, um, company that you have mentoring through that? So that's how they, that's yeah. how people found you, find so, you. So yeah. Yes. So I definitely have, you know, a newer doulas are reaching out to me, mm-hmm. um, cause they want mentorship. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, and I tell them, like, if the, I think for for me, how I got my experience, honestly, was doing community work that yes. really helped, right? Yes. And so mm-hmm. I give that as an as an option, like, you know, if you're looking for clients, um, to 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 go that route, yeah, go going that route with like Healthy Women Healthy Futures, which is a citywide, yes. um, doula program, mm-hmm. right? And you know, working with them to get the clients, um, and then you know, and then talking. Yeah. Talking it, talking it through, through, right? Like, how do you interview? How do you hold mm-hmm. a prenatal? I remember mm-hmm. I had a mentor, a mentee, and she, she was like, um, I'm going to my meeting. And I was like, great, contact me after. Mm-hmm. And like three hours later, she sent me a text and she was like, three hours. three hours. And I said, what were you doing for right. three, three hours. hours? And she was like, I was taking notes and I was, and I was like, no, honey, that's the, prenatal. I was like, you don't do that at the interview. No. They get to know you, you get to know them, 45 minutes and that's it. That's I was it. like, you you did way too much. And yes. she was like, oh, but we were having such a good time. I was like, yes, you will have those clients where you have such mm-hmm. a great time, but you still have to be mindful of your time. Yeah. I was like, because there are people out there. I remember I interviewed with the woman one time and she met with she was like, I was doula number 11. And I, I, re- I remember mm-hmm. sitting there going, I wish you would have told me that before because I would have told you I would not interview with you. You do not need to meet 11 doulas. doulas. You don't. Like, and I told her, I was like, we're all a bunch of great women. Yeah. So 11, right? Like you, you're just wasting people's time, right? No, I, you know, I actually, when, when, when clients reach out to me and I ask them, I would ask them like, how many duels have you? Well, you can, you came highly recommended. I'm like, yes, I'm so grateful, but I was like, but I need you to meet other doulas. Yes. Right. And they're like, you're the only person I'm like, no. I need you to meet at least two other doulas, right? Yep. Because I this needs to be a really good fit. Yeah. And as much as I want your business, it mm-hmm. has to be a good fit, yeah. right? And I tell them, I was like, 
There are so many amazing doulas mm-hmm. in New York City, mm-hmm. and like I said, it has to be a good fit. Yeah. Right? And so they look at me like, "Do you not want me?" I'm like, "I'm not saying that I don't want you. Exactly. I just want you to know." And I've had clients that decided not to go with me, and they they went with one of my mentees, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, because they were like, "Oh, actually, you know, it's better. It's a better fit." Or and that's the important. cost was, you know, exactly. And that is, I I find that that is the thing that is the hardest to translate in the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Because everyone wants to work. Everyone wants, you have to, I mean, New York City is expensive. Mm -hmm. We all have Mm -hmm. to live here and we have to make a living. But just because I can do everybody does not mean I should. Right. You know, and when you find that person that you take on and you're not too sure about, it just has never worked out. Mm -mm. Never worked out. Mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's Mm -mm. great. You're a great mentor. Thank you. Yeah. That is really great. I think what one, I remember one lesson that I learned too with a client where I like, they, and I tell my, my, my mentees all the time, make sure you get your money at 36 weeks. Right? Because I definitely had a client that did not pay the remainder balance. Yeah. You know, and that, I'm, that took, that took me a couple of years for me to process and let it go. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of, there are a lot of doulas who still get the pay, payment after mm-hmm. the birth. Um, but yeah, you will have some clients or some clients who will pay you less because they feel that you didn't do X or Y mm-hmm. or want, you know, this, this work is really hard and challenging in the, in the sense that, you know, we're freelancers mm-hmm. and when you get a bad review, mm-hmm. it can really affect your career. Yeah. Um, and I, I definitely had something like that happen to me and Mm -hmm. it was just like, because they chose not to speak to me Mm -hmm. and, you know, Mm -hmm. so yeah, that is, that is great that you make sure and it, because it was because of, because of what I experienced. I'm like, I don't want anyone to To go through that. How can you do that? When I, first of all, I gave you a sliding scale, right? I gave you a sliding scale. And then prepared you for, like, prepared you prenatally for the birth, right? And I get to the hospital because you finally just, you know, decided to say, okay, we're heading to the hospital. I get to the hospital and you're like eight centimeters. That's great, right? And sure, and soon, and and then like within 30 minutes, you're pushing a baby, right? So... That's amazing, right? And and, it, and and they don't see that it was the preparation that you did to help them get to that point, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. those beautiful pictures that you have of me yes. that, that I captured when you were pushing and sent them to you, yeah. like, that's because of me, right? Yeah. And I never paid the remainder. And they were like, we felt that you weren't there. And I was just like, wow. And I, you know, remember just thinking like, do I want to take this to small claims? I was like, it's just so not so worth, worth it. it. Yeah. It's so not, not worth, worth it. it. You yeah. know? And I just, I just had to, I, I let it go. Yeah. I had to, yeah. I had to let, let it go. What do you love most about doing this work? <gasps> what I love is I watch, I love watching parents be born. Yeah. Like, yeah. In the room. Yeah. Yeah. That's like my favorite. It's like literally watching a parent be born. Yeah. I used to have this really, um, I used to really love watching women's backs when they mm-hmm. were in labor mm-hmm. and their, the, the, their bodies change mm-hmm. 
And because we spend a lot of time at the right, back, and right? See. And you can see how their bodies are changing and how the baby is moving through their bodies. bodies. And yeah, I used to, I used to love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. No, that is another good, yeah, that yeah. definitely is another good one. Yeah. There's just something of, you know, when the babies just witness, I mean, they're already parents. They're pa- yes. But it's like. But they don't know that they're parents. Right. Yeah. They don't look at it like that. Mm-hmm. Like you've, I always say, you know, happy Mother's Day and Father's Day when they're pregnant. pregnant. Right. Cause yeah. I'm like, cause that's what you are. And like, you have to start owning that early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That is, that is a good part. What do you find as the biggest challenge? <sighs> hmm. Well, right now, COVID, obviously. <laughs> yes. COVID is definitely. COVID how, is- how has COVID changed your practice? Well, for me, thankfully, I mean, I don't take a lot of private clients. Usually it's uh, three to six per year just okay. because yeah, I have a With full-time job, yes. you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so it's a lot. And yeah. so I do private work in partnership yeah. <laughs> with another doula. That's, and I'm, that's I'm good. so blessed that I have, a, you know, a team of doulas that mm-hmm. I tell clients you could pick. Yeah. Right? Um, so... You know, I went to the hospital for the very first time last Monday, and, mm-hmm. you know, that went pretty well. Yeah. But I had not been in the hospital since last November. Wow. That right? is a long time. Um, I'm trying to think what are the, some challenges. Well, really, I mean, working with getting clients at – I actually like getting clients earlier in their pregnancy. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that – you know, the recommendation is hiring a doula at seven months. But for me, if you know you're pregnant and you, you're thinking about having a doula, like I need you to do the research early. Yeah. Right. Do yeah. the research early because we have so much information, right? Yeah. I have so much information and I have gotten clients that I've gotten early that they're switching and yeah. I give them that information in small bites. Yes. Right. And so. And then things happen, right? Mm-hmm. Things happen in between. Like I have a client right now that's due in December, right? And so she ended up having to go to the hospital because of her blood pressure, right? And so me and the partner doula were with her on the phone and giving her, you know, words of encouragement and the husband, right? And she's like, I'm so glad that I have. She's not due until December, yeah. right? Yeah. And so this happened like a month ago, mm-hmm. right? And so she was just like, now I see why you stress early yeah. in the pregnancy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, And so... The challenge for me is getting the clients when they're, you know, towards the end of their pregnancy and yeah. then they're not happy with the care. Yeah. And then trying, you know, trying to get, get them, them to, to switch. switch. It's so Giving hard. them the information and mm-hmm. then they're trying and then they it doesn't work out. Yeah. So that's the challenge, right? Yeah. But I think that's the biggest challenge right now for me is just really like get, getting them towards the end of the pregnancy. Yeah. But I, I've kind of created this. I think I've put it out in the universe that I manifest. Like one of my one of my doula colleagues, she's like, you get, "You're getting all these amazing clients." I was like, "Cause I've been in blue for Ma- twenty years, exactly." And, and I was just like, it. "You have to." It's it's. I remember when I started manifesting clients because I was just like, "I live in Manhattan. I live mm-hmm. on the Upper West Side." Mm-hmm. And I and I I've been when I started, I went everywhere. Mm-hmm. I went to Jersey. I went to the Bronx. Mm-hmm. I went deep in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I was. Everywhere, mm-hmm. and then after a while, I was like, "Okay, I can't keep doing this because no, it's just too much. too much." And I was like, "Okay, I need Brooklyn and Manhattan." Mm-hmm. And then I started getting Brooklyn and Manhattan, and I was like, oh, "Wow, mm-hmm. this is nice." And then I was like, "Okay, Manhattan and Washington Heights," mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. it's like great, right? You know? And then I was a couple of times I was like, "In my neighborhood, right?" 
and started getting that. And I was like, I want to walk to a prenatal. Mm-hmm. I want to walk to the postpartum. Yes. And it started, yeah. It started yeah. to happen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm getting so like, I get clients early in their pregnancy because I tell them, I was like, listen, whether you hire me at seven months or at eight months, the fee is still the same. Yes, exactly. So you're, be- you're better honestly, off you're better me. off hiring me yeah. sooner, yeah. right? And so, um, yep. that's it's. It, I love that. Like, no, I'm like, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, I had someone literally email me and was just like, I'm looking for a black doula, and I'm 15 weeks pregnant. I was like, yes, yes! I'm your person. <laughs> yes, that's your person. Yes. So, what's the latest you've ever gotten hired? Hmm. That would be with my community clients, right? So. <sighs> Probably like 38, 39 weeks. And then, no, there was definitely one, there was definitely like I got matched with the client. And then like four days later, there was a baby. Like, and I remember getting matched and squeezing in that pre, one prenatal, yeah, even though I'm supposed yes. to like do three. Yes. Um, and that, I mean, it, it worked out, but they were just like, whoa, I'm so glad that, you know, yeah. that we had, you were able to squeeze in that prenatal visit for me to understand. Able. Exactly. But, you know, I they got, were like, I wish I had you sooner. I'm like, I wish I knew you sooner. Exactly. It would have been easier. Yeah. The latest I've gotten hired was I had a client uh, who was, I was at a doula meeting mm-hmm. and um, this woman was calling around. She was in labor and she was having a VBAC in labor. And luckily I was available and I was just like, okay. And <laughs> yeah. she hired you on the spot? Hired me on the spot because everyone else was like, they weren't available. Wow. And so that was the latest that I had yeah, I ever gotten I hired. And I, and, and I often tell people, I was like, I, I tell people about that because clients ask, like, what is a challenge? And I was like, that's challenging because yeah. she's in labor. Yeah. She's with a practice. She was trying to have a VBAC right. with a practice that wasn't friendly for VBAC. So that was a challenge, you know, because yeah. what are we going to do? Stay home. Right. And, you know, so but that was the hardest because you have to have that trust in your doula to know that, yeah, I can stay home. Everything is okay. Mm-hmm you know, mm-hmm. for, for it to happen. Mm-hmm. So the next segment that I like to get into mm-hmm. is called, it's just daily inspiration. So mm. what is your favorite scent? My favorite scent? Yes. I love rose. Rose. That is a nice one. I, I love rose, rose water. Yes. That's, that's my tonic. That's I have what rose I use. water. I have, I have, I use a rose oil for my face. Rose. Yeah. Uh, I use rose quartz on my face too. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, what's, what book, what's a book, film, show, or podcast that's inspiring you right now? Well, I'm right now, I'm listening to the Girl Trek podcast. I love Girl Trek. I love Girl Trek. I love Girl Trek. I'm on Black History Bootcamp. Yes. The, um, third edition. And are you doing the walk too? Yeah. I, I walk. Okay. No, like, actually, Girl Trek is the reason why that I'm walking because yeah. um, it started uh, end of May mm-hmm. that I started listening to their podcast mm-hmm. and I walk every day. And as a matter of fact, let me see how many, what's my steps? I'm at two, t- I'm at 10,000, 10,000 steps. And there you go. I started at 10,000 and then now I'm at 50, I, I've increased my goal to 15,000 oh. a day. Yeah, that's my and, goal, 15. And that's because of Girl Trek, mm-hmm. right? And so I, you know, I have to walk every day and I put in the podcast. Um, and I'm also li- listening to the Michelle Obama podcast. How's that going? I haven't listened good. to that one yet. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I would, really I mean, anything Michelle Obama does is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to listen to that one. And um, what quote inspires you? Well, there's a quote that I have. It's my email signature. 
and it's breath related. Um, and it's, uh, and I, and I love it, but I'm like, why can't I never remember this quote? I have, I have it written. I'm going to forget it. I can't look it believe. up. Look it up. I have it. Hold on. Yeah, have definitely. Because even though you have it there, it's not something that you read every time. You know yeah. it's there. That's, that's what Birth must be honored and given every opportunity for the growth that is inherent in its potential. That's beautiful. Who is that and by? That's by Raven Lang. And I've got, I've, this has been my signature for about like a good 18 years. Wow. Yeah. And I feel like this is, and not just like birth with the birth of anything, mm-hmm. right? Um, just giving the opportunity, giving yourself the opportunity to birth things. Yeah. So yeah. that's the quote that I really love. That's nice. I really like that. Which leads to our next segment, mm-hmm. which is birth stories. We talked a little bit about the story of your birth on how you were born. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you'd like to share that yeah. with us. Yeah. So I actually was supposed to be born in August. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom. Oh, so you missed out on being a Virgo. I did. I, mean, I Virgo. did. Virgo, yes. Leo, too. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I was actually, I think I was supposed to be, the due date was August 17th. And I was born okay. July 17th. Oh, wow. And I'm such a cancer. I oh, really okay. Am. I really yeah. am. Yeah. And so. Um, yeah, so my mom, um, you know, I, I guess she, I remember she told, she, she told me that, you know, she felt the pains and my dad rushed her to the, to the hospital and, um, she said she woke up and she's like, huh, there's no baby. And she's like, I had the baby. And I'm like, you don't remember? She's like, I don't remember having you. And I'm like, I was born in 76. I don't really think that there was twilight in 76, but my mom doesn't remember. But what's really funny is that she, she said that when she, when she went in to go have me, I guess she was dreaming. And Mm -hmm. so, so she was, she used to watch good times. (laughs) And so she said she dreamt that she had JJ from good (laughs) times. And the, the funny thing is, is that my mom immigrated to the U.S. in 76. From? From, from Cabo Verde, mm-hmm. right? And so she came. So she really didn't speak English, but she just really loved Love good times. Show. It was yes. so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I was – so and then she realized. She was like, oh, no, it's, you know, not JJ. It's yes. Gene. It's Regina. Yes, my, my baby. My baby, yeah. Oh, that is so great. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for sharing that. Yeah, It has welcome. been such a pleasure to have you on my podcast. I'm Thank so you glad. so much. Really this, this is together. so beautiful. So yeah, nice to, to no. talk and share yeah. stories. Definitely. We're, once COVID is over, we're going to have to go out for drinks. And really... I miss dancing. Do you dance? <gasps> I dance. I know you salsa dance. I salsa dance. I, I, I have been and... learning salsa dance. I have a really good friend in high school who is a salsa teacher, mm-hmm. salsa dance teacher. I took salsa dancing for years, but I just haven't gotten the practice of like going out. Mm-hmm. I will go salsa dance. I'm, so I'm really big into kizomba, which is from Angola. Uh-huh. And it's partner dancing. And it's kizomba and semba are like my favorites. Because it's also very cool. It's that. so fun. Yeah. I go to festivals. And I'm like. This year, everything is canceled. Yeah, exactly. Um, I miss my, you know, after, and that's, and, you know, dancing keeps keeps me grounded, right? You Mm -hmm. know, um, with all that's going on and like birth work being so much, it's just like, Go let it out on the dance floor, right? Exactly. So that's part of my self-care. So right now I'm like dancing in my house. (laughs) Yeah, I have that. My friend just contacted me the other day and she sent, she sent me a text and she was like, this is happening right now. I'm not sure if you can make it. And it was, um, a link to, um, class. It was a link to a class for, um, traditional belly dancing. No, not belly dancing. Traditional, um, traditional, Puerto Rican, um, 
why can't I remember the name? With the with the dress. Yeah. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. What is it called? I it's gonna it's gonna haunt me. It's gonna haunt me. That and and Does I it begin with the C, it's not C. I forgot the name of it. I can't, I can't remember. It's driving me nuts. It's, well it's did dancing to Bombay Plena? Yes. But what's the dance called? I don't know. No, no, I don't no. know the dance, yes. but I, I know the music. Like, yes. Yeah, okay. exactly. And she was there with the drums, and <gasps> she's like, she was teaching the class, and she's like, step one, two, skirt. Oh. I was like, oh my god. Oh man. And I had hurt my foot, so I couldn't really take the class. So I was just like, the next time this happens, I yeah. definitely, definitely, yeah, I'll definitely, do. I'm definitely okay. gonna let you know when I yes. go dancing. Yes, I will be down. I'm always, go. I'm always bringing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm always inviting folks. I love it. I love it too. Thank you so You're much. You're welcome. Regina. It's been great having you. Thank you. It's been on, um, such a pleasure to be on your podcast. Oh, wonderful. Gracias. Thanks for listening to the Clear Birth Podcast. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find me on Instagram at the Clear Birth Podcast. If you want to send me an email, you can reach me at theclearbirthpodcast at gmail.com. Adios. Hasta luego. Goodbye. Until next time.